Hey, how you doing? This is Joe. I want to thank you first off for tuning in this week. We enjoy so much giving you this show every week, but this week is kind of special. We were in Hell, Michigan. We had a chance to sit down with Nadine from Black Swamp Paranormal. If you've heard her on the show before, she has some amazing stories and we actually talked too long. So I broke this show up into two segments for you so you don't have to listen so long. So this week and next week, we'll feature Nadine from Black Swamp Paranormal. First and second half, you definitely have to stay tuned for the second half. She talks about her encounters with dogmen and other interesting things. So thank you for tuning in this week. Here's a show from Hell, Michigan with Nadine. All right, welcome to 222 Paranormal Podcast with your host, Jen and Joe. Coming to you from Hell, Michigan. It is hot. It is very hot. But it's, it's hot as hell. Oh, it's, you know. Hell of a day. Hell, hell of a day. day. Hello, Nadine from Black Swamp Paranormal of uh, Northwest Ohio. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to the show again. My paranormal bestie. We're parabuds. We're parabuds. Yeah, my peeps, my paranormal peeps. <laughs> so, what's new? What's exciting? What's ghostly? What's new and exciting? Oh, well, let me see. Um, we were on Facebook. And we were watching an investigation where they were doing EVPs. And we were asked to, like, think about questions and stuff. And uh, we had some really cool interaction. Yeah. Yeah, Rick Wade was out having his family investigate. So we were like supposed to think about questions and then put them in the chat and and um it was pretty cool. We oh we heard bells and they found out that there are bells attached out there to the tombstones. I think it might have something to do with uh, how people used to get buried. Yes. Saved by the bell. bell. Exactly. (laughs) And um, it's interesting because we were talking about a woman who was buried alive. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. She was buried alive. My worst nightmare. They thought she was dead. They buried her. And she came to and she had scratched and scratched and scratched at the top of the lid. That is like my terrifying nightmare to be buried alive. (laughs) I don't like to be confined and I don't want to be buried alive. So just make sure I'm... 100% 100% gone and then cremate me. <laughs> but make sure you're gone. Right? Put a goodwill in front of Jen to make sure that she doesn't move. I'd be like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so what else is going on? What um, was your last investigation you guys went on? Oh, gosh, that's been you, forever. They do um, so many, though. Uh, guys the, go to the coolest places. The last one. Oh, my gosh, it's been such a long time. Um, I can tell you when I was at uh, the Oliver House, mm-hmm. uh, there was a female ghost in the bathroom. Oh my goodness! Which really shouldn't like it's a little invasive when you're trying <laughs> to use the restroom. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had some drafts coming down the stairs that had nothing to do with doors. Now, of course, there were some real drafts, but mm-hmm. but the Oliver House is always interesting. Yeah, it is. It's like 
Um, remember the time we were there and that giant vault door opened? Were you there? You, you were bending, but yeah. And this giant heavy door just opened. On the thing own. weighs probably fifteen hundred, maybe two thousand yeah. pounds, and yeah. it just opened. We're all sitting there staring at it, and it, we were all like, uh, "Did you just see that?" And it's a vault, and they use it as a closet now. But it's there's no vents or anything inside there. I think it did that this year, too. Really? Yeah, I believe because we had a very heavy door this year that it just kind of opened on its own. That's amazing. That place is great. Well, um, you know that where, I know the listener doesn't understand, but by where Frisch is, is so the Oliver House is an old hotel slash restaurant slash brewery. And about 500 yards away is where... Frisch's restaurant and the beginning of what we call the high level bridge where that sits there used to be a Indian burial mound it was a 200 foot around 70 foot high Indian burial mound and they actually bulldozed it over to build the Oliver house and the other buildings right around there and legend says now I don't know if this is true or not but legend says that there are bones under the parking lot of the Oliver House and how that legend came about was they said back in 84 they were redoing the parking lot and they started finding bones and they hurried up and finished the parking lot that's the legend I don't know if it's true but it was an Indian burial mound there it's documented it was true thing and they did bulldoze it over so that they could build the buildings around there so you know with Indian burial mounds and haunted locations go hand in hand. Oh, yeah. And then you've also got your, um, oh, it's not a dog, man. What's it called? Uh, your skinwalkers. Yeah. Mm. You see a lot of skinwalkers and mm-hmm. a lot of the dogmen type creatures that are paranormal around them. Because I know they have down at uh, Prospect Place. They've got oh. one of those down there. Really? And he doesn't like us, that's for sure. Now, where's Prospect Place at? Trinway. Is Ohio? that in Ohio? Okay. It's in Ohio. It's I think I want to say it's about two and hours, two and a half hours down southish. Okay. And um, it's a really nice place. I mean, but it's got a very dark uh, inhabitant on it, and really? I and I really think it is a skinwalker. So because hmm. it it just the first time we went there four or five people saw it and it stood there and looked at us and it had the red eyes and everything and then it came running across the the yard at us then it just disappeared (gasps) oh my gosh but how tall was it we estimated about eight (gasps) eight feet that's crazy now was it transparent or was it solid it was solid at first but then it just kind of fizzled out into like a mist or a and then one of the girls saw this mist kind of roll up the stairs into the house oh yeah oh my gosh it, the legends there is this thing has been there for a long time yeah like way before the house was there right? i believe it yes i believe it doesn't have anything to do with the house i think it has everything to do with what it perceives as a disrespect almost like an elemental would because we offered the second time we went we offered an alcohol and tobacco offering we had no problem with the spirits in the house but this thing did not want us back Hmm. so it was i don't know if i'll ever go back there really 
Yeah, it kind of chased me out. It freaked me out a lot. Oh, my gosh. And you're not afraid of anything. You've investigated many, many, many places with many different experiences, too. Well, you know, it's when you when you go and it makes it personal and you can hear footsteps behind you being displaced in the rocks and you turn around there's nothing there and then you start hearing footsteps off to your right in the rocks so now you know there's more than one yeah and what how do you deal with that and then shortly after that we were inside and our defender camera started picking up and I kid you not you know how I feel about orbs uh, it started picking up very bright big lights and the floodlights that are motion activated on the house came on and would not go off for like 40 minutes. Oh, wow. And then when we went back, six of us having seen this on the camera, to review it, it was damaged footage. <gasps> oh, my gosh. And, at, and you could see when all the lights stopped, standing out in the tree where it came from the first time, you could see those same two eyes staring at you. Oh. That would freak me out. Was there any activity? Did you guys um, experience anything in the barn? No, the barn was completely flat. The first time we went there, it was crazy. We even saw a guy leaning over, looking down at us. And at one point, he breathed on the neck of one of our investigators. And there was nothing between her except maybe like three inches and then a wall. But not this time. It was it, It was dead except for this thing that was following us around it's incredible um so you wouldn't go back i don't believe it's a good idea to go back first time i came back i had nightmares um the second time i went back i had migraines even before i got there and, and i had warnings both times from people saying where are you going don't go Okay. And then when I got back the second time, I had a friend of mine, Rebecca Smuck, reach out to me and say, um, what did you do? Oh. Oh, no. She sensed it? Yes. And I told her, and she said, what did I tell you? Don't ever go back. Yeah. So I don't think I'll go back. It's usually when to heed those warnings, when people remotely uh, are picking up on something and telling you it's not a good idea. Especially with Rebecca, because I really... I trust everything she says because she's proved herself so many times. And the thing is, though, like you said, she's remote. She's up by Detroit area. Right. And for her to just out of the blue pick that up without without you telling her. She gets upset when I do things I'm not supposed to. Yeah. You know, she tells me, don't ever do this again. Promise me. And then I invariably probably go out and break it. <laughs> Sometimes the uh, the uh, locations just call to you, though, right? Actually, it did. It did. Mm. You know, I had to go back because I felt like such a chicken. Because the first time I walked in and I put my hands on both sides of a door and I claimed this room. And I said that nothing negative can enter here. Our team spent two-thirds of the night in that room and refused to leave. Oh, really? And our team is not made up of people who are afraid. Yeah. Tell us something. Now, I know that you're heading to a haunted funeral home soon. Yes. You have been there before, correct? No, this is new. This is all new. I've never been there. I don't know anything about it. Um, It's kind of good, though, to not know and then see what you know or feel. Oh, yeah. I like going in blind like that. I agree. You know, and then you can check with the owner, like up at Bruce Mansion in Michigan. 
we went there. I knew nothing because I didn't do the tour. And we kept getting all these responses. And I had walked out of the room, stuck my hand on the divider between the living room and the foyer. And I was drawn to look up. And there was a woman in a grayish black dress with a high collar and a white like blouse sticking out and she looked right at me and she I could hear her her name in my head she said Rebecca oh oh my gosh and she was just so full of sorrow and so no one else picked up on it so I I reached out to the owners and I asked them and they said I was only the fourth person who picked up on that she was the wife of the former owner of the building Mm. that's so cool and she was there just looking at you yeah incredible it's like when you experience that, it's just, your brain, half your brain is like, am I really seeing what I'm seeing? Yeah. But mm. the other half is like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And don't forget to take your camera out. And we always forget. I always forget. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Like when we were at Hillview, you right. remember? We both looked out that door and you saw, you saw what I saw. And yep. I said nothing. Yeah, we didn't say anything till later on. We were comparing notes and I'm like. Did you see something peeking out the door? Was that room 28? Was it 28 or? Remember when we were down in the embalming room and we saw the little girl on the left-hand side of the hall in the white kind of dress? Somebody got a picture of her. I've seen it. Oh, wow. And she's on the left-hand side of the hallway walking towards the embalming room. That's so, that just Hmm. makes me sad. You know what I mean? Think of there's a little girl there by herself and for eternity. And you wonder what she sees. I don't. You wonder if she sees it as in her time, yeah. Or you know, she acknowledged us. Mm-hmm. She saw us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, then John walked out the door, and she disappeared. Oh. <laughs> Did she follow him or? No. Oh. I think she was afraid of him. Yeah. Oh, okay. But she was right about room one twenty eight, one twenty nine. Those rooms are oh crazy. My gosh! Mm. Remember, we saw a person standing, like it's empty hospital type room and you know the the giant window they had those giant windows and we opened the door the door opened by itself i can't remember and there was a person shadowed just standing there yeah big and really we big heard voices footsteps and then things peeking around the corner and then you know the one thing about um hillview was that the one that has the cemetery in the back that we didn't get to Mm -hmm. we didn't get out there and there's no grave markers yes there's literally got to be at least a thousand people buried out there really under the ground that's incredible and i'm sure most of them are still sticking around (laughs) you know where else are they going to go that was their home for whatever time that they were here right because it had been a poor farm for a while so, of course, there's not going to be any grave markers. Mm-hmm. When they pass away, they just take them out back and bury them in the ground. Just like a cattle or an animal. That's now, what's your opinion of pre-investigation tours? Do you go on them? Or? I don't like to. Yeah. I like to research the building as far as how old it is, mm-hmm. who built it, so I can have some basic background but I don't want to know about the hauntings. That's what I was thinking. Because I, I would rather know about the building and, you know, like you said, the history. But if you go on those tours and they say, well, this is what happens in this room, this is, then you're expecting or... You're yeah, biased, then. You're biased, yeah. Or right. Unbiased. And then 
you see something and automatically your mind just says, oh, that's got to be yeah. so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I don't know. I, I would rather not know and just see what I feel and what I've experienced. I agree. And we were talking, too, on one of our last podcasts about how it's kind of the trend now that, and it's happening more and more at every paranormal place that we investigate, there's always or there is a doll room. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like the dolls are just being collected and every paranormal place has a doll room now. Yeah. And some of them, you wonder about the stories on them. Yeah. You know, because some could be legitimate. Like at 101 Cafe, they had a doll that constantly has condensation on it. And there's no explanation for that. Well, now... Obviously, the doll's no longer around because the place burned down, but oh, really? 101 Cafe burned down last no. fall. You're kidding. I didn't hear that. Yeah. They had pictures of it online. It was bad. Oh, hmm. wow. Well, at least they got rid of the mold. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of scary. Yeah. We went in there, and um, the entire basement was full of white mold. Oh. Yeah. And we, they didn't let us know. We thought it was uh, frost or something. Oh, Yeah. You know, I've seen that. And and I said, oh, wow, look at that. It's so cold that there's frost on the ground. And she just kind of nodded her head. And I went, oh, dear. And I just backed away. Yeah. And that, you know, breathing that stuff in will make you think that there's spirits yeah. activity. I mean, it's just like, um, what is it? Not ultrasound, but um, infrasound. Mm-hmm. But mold, you know, a lot of these people that oh, live in these old homes think it's, yeah, think it's paranormal when it's not. And which is a good thing when you're doing a paranormal investigation. Always do your pre-walkthrough and yeah. your, your um, I was going to say elementals, but you know what I mean. But the, the interesting thing about that place, too, is it, it already had a fire. Remember the charred wood at the, in the basement? Yeah, they had unexplained fires that just popped up out of nowhere. Hmm. And I think during one of them, there were people, because it was part of Prohibition, or uh, not Prohibition, um, like the underground railroad. The underground railroad. Yeah. And there were people behind the wall. Oh, really? And I think they died there. Oh, my gosh. How tragic. So, and there was a section that looked like it had been repaired, but it was done very well. But I had asked her, I had said, you know, what's behind here? Mm-hmm. And she just looked at us like, you know, what do you mean? I said, well, there's something back here. And that's when she told us about the people. Wow. So, I mean, I'm not by any means... Amy Allen standard. I I have no control over what hits me or where it hits me. But um, I could walk into a building and pick up on stuff and just know. And I don't know why I know. I just do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Joe and I were talking about that, like, trying to figure out, like, what is the energy, you know, like, of a spirit? Is it, is it sound energy? Is it, um, you know, a frequency. Electromagnetism and, yeah. or anything. Because our equipment picks up electromagnetic fields. Right. Right. Well, it has to be energy because yeah, I mean, energy doesn't source. die. It just changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the question is, how does something with no weight or no vo- vocal cords, yeah. how does it displace like rocks under its feet or mm-hmm. how does it speak? Well, that's where I think the energy pulses in that come in. You know, I think that by them doing that it's changing the energy around you and turning into like an energy wave maybe or energy pulse 
And we, yeah, we were talking about that a few times. It's, I can understand if one person hears a voice in their head because they're putting that voice through electronics or whatever into their head. But if several peer, people hear it and it's audible, how the heck can they do that? You know? Right. Like when we went to Randolph County, we all occasionally heard things. Like when we were down in the basement, mm-hmm. um, we were doing that where everyone was going around asking questions and we started hearing the same noises yeah. coming from down the hall. You know, and, but that place had a doppelganger though. Yeah. And it chose one of our most unique investigators to doppelgang and um, it was a very interesting night. It sounded just like that person, hmm. did exactly what that person did, and it knew. Yeah. It's like um, when we stayed in the Victorian home for Parasycon, we could hear, me. you guys went to the store, me and Jen were the only ones in the house, and we heard voices. And both of us were like, oh, they're back. And you guys weren't. It was, we heard voices. Now, we're not saying it sounded like you, but that's the first thing we thought of. Right. Well, we, we heard a conversation going on, and there was no neighbors out. We looked out the windows. It was very interesting. <laughs> did Did they stop when you noticed it, though, or do you think it's I residual? I didn't pay attention to that. I don't know. It sounded residual. It sounded like they were having a conversation and then just kind of, like, faded off. This is so cool. It's so interesting. Because Cindy had, uh, when we had all, you had gone to the graveyard. Mm -hmm. We had gone down to the store, and uh, Sarah was there, and they were taking a nap. And then they got up and they left, and Cindy didn't know. Oh. And she was there all by herself. Oh, no. And all of a sudden, there were these noises in the house. You could hear walking, and she could hear females talking. And she called us at Walmart, and she said, "Uh, when are you coming back? I'm like, all right, what's up? Uh, I can hear noises. So, so it's like it waits till there's only a few people there to show itself. That's possible, yeah. You know, and be in that location right next to the um, War of 1812 or Revolutionary War Cemetery. Who knows what goes on there? Oh, right. It might not even be anybody from the house. Yeah. It could be uh, one of the hitchhikers just wandering down the road and... Stepping in. And that house was known for its parties. It would have lavish parties. Every holiday, they fixed up that house for the holiday and had dinner parties and all that. So there was there was a lot of activity in that home. Yeah, it was nice. It was a beautiful home, that was for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was gorgeous, but you could see that the house had a life of its own. Yeah. It, you yeah. just felt it when you walked in. It felt welcoming. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I don't know. I really felt like... Some kind of something in that uh, the living room space, and then into that little um, um, office slash library. Oh, the library, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was definitely a feeling or a vibe in there. Mm-hmm. I thought so too because when uh, we were there the last day, I was standing there taking pictures, and a woman spoke to me. Really? And and I said to Jen, I said, Jen, you need to come in here. Mm-hmm. There's someone in here. And next year, we're putting cameras up. Oh, yeah. That, you know, what is it about us as a paranormal we investigators? We always forget something. We took all that equipment uh-huh. and yeah. didn't set up one thing. I know. Because we're professionals like that. Yeah, like when you tape podcasts and forget the SD card. Yeah. What in here now? 
Mm. Yeah, that's one thing. We we um, went to Scott County Jail down there in Huntsville, Tennessee, and me and Jen get there, and we're like all excited. We're we're gonna investigate by ourselves. We're gonna have the whole place to ourselves. All that. And I check, and I had I didn't have one SD card for the recorders, for the cameras, nothing. Did you have to like, make a Walmart trip? Yeah, we were thinking about it, but it the closest so Walmart, far. like 30-minute drive just to go to the Walmart. Yeah. But we experienced it. You know, it's sometimes you don't have to get evidence on recorders or that. It's nice, but it's also nice just to experience it. I agree. I agree. I know that it's a, it's a goal to come to some point where we can say, oh, here's how we know some this is haunted. Yeah. Not like there's a standard, but... Right. But I think the personal experiences are just as, if not more, rewarding. Mm -hmm. For sure. I mean, you can't quantify a feeling that you have when somebody's standing right behind you and there's nobody there. Or they whisper in your ear. Yeah. Or they tug on your ponytail or whatever, you know. It's amazing. The voices is the amazing thing. When you actually hear a voice, it's just mind-blowing. And you can't prove it. You know, you tell people, and they're like, well, how, how do you know? And you're like, you just know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, my favorite thing is to do Estes, mm-hmm. uh, I love Estes sessions mm-hmm. because, you know, even if you're just sitting there, and I think, it, I think more people need to try this, if you don't even say anything, sometimes they still know what you're thinking, and they'll yeah. answer that question yeah. in an Estes. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's right there. You know, and I remember the Estes, we did it Randolph because Jen was doing it. And um, whoever we were talking to, wow, they were, she's like, ha ha, you'll never find me. Ha ha. Yeah. Yeah, it was like she was um, challenging. Yeah. Challenging us. But in like a, I don't want to say playful way, but more of like a sarcastic, I guess you would mm-hmm. say. Yeah, along, I agree. Along that line. It's like you go in places and they, they see so many people. And after a while, they probably see the same stuff over and over and over. But when they do the assessment, I love it because you can't, I, I mean, I guess you can fake it a little bit, but you can't fake the fact that you can't hear what the questions are. Right. Even if I've, I've seen it done where they weren't even in the same room. Like I, when we were in the um, historic St. Pat's Church, I ran a microphone from the balcony all the way down. There's no way, even if we didn't have headphones on, you wouldn't be able to hear the person asking questions. So you don't even know what the person's asking, and you're getting answers. Yeah, we did that. Mm-hmm. We we had a private investigation at a place, and we decided to rule out any kind of interference. We took two of us, mm-hmm. and we were sitting in another room with, the equipment to do the Estes while they asked the questions upstairs on the other side of the house. Yeah. And the responses that we got were amazing. Uh-huh. You know, it was it was crazy. And then that's the first time I've ever seen an SLS camera do more than map a stick. Oh. It mapped the whole body of a ghost. Oh, really? It was a madam, and you could see the stick figure. Yeah. But she was standing there with one foot up on the wall with her hand on her hip, and she was tapping her foot. Wow. And we were blown away by Hmm. that because there was nobody there. Yeah. But it mapped the entire outline of her body. Hmm. That's incredible. 
She must have had a very strong spirit. She did. She did. It uh, had been a um, had been a house of pleasure, and oh. there were two of them that were connected, and the one burned down, and this was the only one left, and since then had been turned into a home, and the story behind it was amazing because the family had had activities since the the man who now owned it had been a kid and lived uh, there with his parents. Oh my goodness. So, so he and grew up with it. He did. Wow. He did. And the sister apparently, I guess she must have played with a Ouija board or something in the house. But um, if I hadn't seen some of the stuff I saw there, I don't know. You know, you, you kind of wonder sometimes. But when you walk in a building and this gentleman has told you over the phone, well, you know, we see this thing go into the bathroom wall periodically. And you walk in and this thing just floats right in front of you and goes <laughs> right into the bathroom wow. wall, into the tub. And you're just standing there going, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just never know. Yeah. You attract the spirits, though. I do. I wish I didn't. I, I sealed my yard because I, I don't I don't want it in my house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that some people think that's wrong, but I can't sleep. Right. I get no sleep. You gotta have some peace. And it, it was first. It was just my room, and then it was the entire inside of my house. Oh man. And then it got to the point where I was putting up the wind chimes, putting out the crystals in the corner, mm-hmm. salting the yard. The you know, this year I'm gonna do black ash around oh, the the border, and we're putting sigils on the fence because I I need to sleep. Yeah. For sure, definitely. Now, um, have you ever investigated a haunted funeral home before? Have you been to any of the other ones? We have been to a place that was a funeral home. Um, it was used as a funeral home for a little while, and that was in Millersburg. It was the Victorian Millersburg house. Oh, okay. Now, you can't do anything in there anymore. They don't allow it. Oh. But that house was like night and day. Hmm up on the upper levels of the house in the living areas it was the children were there and they would play ball with you and you weren't even in the building two minutes and they're already interacting wow that's incredible now you go downstairs and what they've done is they brought in a whole bunch of different pieces of the community from way back when so you've got a barbershop set up down there you've got all this stuff so when you walk through each section you pick up different activity okay and when you get all the way down to the basement where the workshop is, there's someone in there that just is is very energy vampire-like and very nasty. Ooh, hmm. that's terrible. That's so, it's night and day. Yeah. I have people ask me, do you like your gifts? No. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I, I, for a long time, I didn't think they were gifts. Yeah. A lot of people don't call them gifts, a lot of, you know, or they just call them, you know, what, uh, can't think of the term, but they don't say gifts. It's just abilities. Ability. Right. And that's the thing, you know, I, I get asked all the time, it's like, wouldn't, wouldn't it be so cool if your house was haunted and all that? And you're like, no, because you want the separation. Exactly. We, we had a girl we brought home from uh, uh, Boiling Springs, Kentucky from the Thomas house and it was totally by accident she had been abused by one of the pastors Mm -hmm. so we told her she could follow us up out of the building and we just assumed 
she would go to the house and go away from the church. No, she came with us. And she loved our Corel wear because she she would like tap her nails on it. You could hear it, you know, the the ting, 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 ting. Is that certain sound? Yeah, and um, she started getting frustrated, I think. And at the very end, it was like 4.35. John had just left for work one morning. He was working days. And every door and drawer in my living room just started opening and closing. And I sat up and I said, for the love of God, I'm sleeping here. (laughs) Did it stop? Yeah. But I would rather my house not be haunted, to be honest. I I, I don't want it. I like the quiet. Dude, um... Did she, do you believe she went back to where she came from, or? I'm not sure where she went. I think maybe she, I don't know, maybe she just passed on. Do you think um, spirits have the ability to go back? Like, if they follow somebody home, they have the ability to find their way back to their original location? Yeah, I know they do. I know they do, because when I worked at the old Paulding County Jail, which was, like, super active, they would get used to you and they would get in your car and follow you home they come home with you and you'd be at home and you know who it is by what he's doing and you would have to call Shelly and you, and Shelly would have to say okay that's enough it's time to come home so I know they do <laughs> that's interesting <laughs> yeah you're wondering like how do they get back there they just magically like will themselves or do they have to hitch a ride with somebody <laughs> I don't know. You ever think of maybe uh, portals? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Portals. You know, the, the, but the, you know, they're all energy. We don't know. We don't know what the other side technically looks like. You know, maybe just they can um, almost like teleport themselves to where they think of a, a place and they go. Maybe. You know, we don't know. That's the whole thing. Well, I don't see why you can't. Yeah. You don't, you don't have the constraint of a physical body. Exactly. I'd be going everywhere, right? Like, I would be hanging out, visiting people, seeing cool locations. I wouldn't be afraid of bridges. <laughs> you wouldn't have to have bridges. Right? Yeah, I wouldn't be afraid of heights anymore, would I? Right. I'm not a fan of heights, so every time we go to Mansfield, they're like, do you want to go on the tour? Nope. <laughs> nope. Let's Why go to the sixth tier and stand on the ledge. Right. Yeah, look over the edge. Nope. It's like going to uh, Michigan Paracon. I have to go over the big bridge. Oh, that thing I just is scary. Close my eyes until it's over. <laughs> like I'm good after we arch and we're on the downslide, but that going up part and not being able to see the ant. No, no. Yeah, but I'll bet Joe doesn't sit there telling you about the silver bridge while you're going across it. Oh, he's always saying, oh. remember that Yugo that blew yeah. off and the girl died. I went over the bridge a week after the Bronco flipped over the side. And you could still see the hole in the ice where it went through. And there was a bumper still attached to the bridge. I don't know why they didn't take the bumper off the bridge. But, uh, yeah. Did you ever wonder? It's only two deaths. If the people aren't still there? You know, we talk about, you know, where the people die. The ener- like the stone tape theory. They, they could be there. Let's do an investigation on the bridge. Let's no. walk. walk well, cross. I, uh, no, no, absolutely not. No, thank you. <laughs> you and John, Ken, Nadine, and I will be. We'll be on the, the other side. Right. <laughs> at mystery spot. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know. I um, you know, we've traveled far and wide, you know, to to do investigations, 
Um, what's on your bucket list? Where do you want to go that you haven't been yet? I thought about going to Penhurst, to be honest, but you hear so many different stories mm -hmm. that I'm afraid that I'm going to walk in the door and immediately something's going to pick up on me. And, and they will. So I have to be careful where I go. And, like, I can't be under the weather when I go there. Yeah. Because they, you know, they know when you're not. Yeah, your vibrations are lower. Yeah. You know, and literally, I drive by this same cemetery when we go up to Adrian, and I always know when we're getting close, even if I'm not paying attention, because I'll start hearing, like, a ringing, screaming in my ear. And I'll look up, and there it'll be. <laughs> on the right side of the road. That's interesting. Have you um have you been up to any of the um, cemeteries in and around the Detroit area? Because I know there's a haunted one in Trenton, I think it is, or no. down river. I've been to Ashtabula though. Oh yeah. The train wreck cemetery. Oh. Oh my goodness, that place. I so totally am going back there because in broad daylight we got pictures of like light sources mm -hmm. using uh what do you call that camera joe you know what it is it's the night vision camera yeah the ultraviolet yes well what it does during the day is it just makes everything purplish orange yeah. mm -hmm. and when we were taking pictures you could see like these bright orby type of light things above certain headstones mm -hmm. and not others and we took multiple pictures and we can't explain it and you know it literally was it was amazing i mean i think they were just there saying hey i'm here yeah now is that the one that has no headstones in it no it has headstones okay. it, um, we we on one of our adventures we found a cemetery and it's fenced off but there's no stones no this okay. one this one is fenced off with wrought iron and there's a story that goes with it too supposedly now i have no documentation to mm -hmm. support this but the story's hung around for so long supposedly a witch is buried in there yeah and they said that the tree she was buried under because she doesn't have a headstone they just put a tree over her and i don't know the thinking of that i guess maybe it holds her there yeah well the tree died and and i've been there four times now and i never looked for it and then like the last time i went lo and behold there is a very old dead tree there oh. And we walked down the hill and started putting the K2 and all this equipment on it, and it went nuts. So, I mean, maybe it's a true story. Yeah, it's possible. Because, you know, it is a dead tree, there is no headstone, and yet there it is. And even if it's not a real uh, true story, it could morph into a story. Sure. Me and Jen just talked about that on the last show about how, you know, if something's not haunted, enough people talk about it and wish it to be haunted or whatever you say, that it almost makes a tulpa of the area and becomes haunted. Well, that'd be scary, though, because tulpas don't have any rules. I know. There are no rules mm -hmm. with tulpas. I mean, there how are no do, rules. How do you deal with that? Because it can change and alter mm -hmm. based on the perception. Yeah. So... Because we've been at many locations that have all these hauntings going on and all that, and all the stories are proven to be wrong or, you know, never happened. But yet you're still getting activity at those locations. And they're still responding and using that name. Yeah. 
like they'll they'll make these stories up and they'll say oh little sarah died at this place at mm -hmm. the age of eight i did some genealogy research on a place where we went and supposedly little sarah died yeah little sarah grew up and married a guy by the name of joshua moved away and had three or four kids mm -hmm. so whatever's in that place is not sarah yeah it's something else yeah tricksters right yeah well if you were a spirit and nobody was no one was talking to you or whatever maybe you know they say you know sarah's here sarah's here maybe they're like well i'm sarah now well yeah Come they're gonna to take me. advantage of mm -hmm. it you know because it's getting energy yeah and they're saying this stuff because they're like oh you got to come to this place it's super haunted we have these ghosts and here they are and then you actually start doing the research and you find out that was a lie yeah you know, a lot of legends and lore. The bus, <laughs> the bus came through, and the side of the bus clipped the motorcyclist's head off, and the lady got got in a wreck with the bus because she was on her going to her wedding, and you know, it's it's all the same stuff over and over. Oh yeah, like Holcomb uh, Woods Road is a, like a perfect example of that because. I know Christopher Tillman's team went down there and they got EVPs and yeah. stuff. Yeah. We've been down there, mm -hmm. but I also know sitting here with you that that bus in the woods was not lit on fire by a bus driver and had those no. children right. die. It just happened to be there in the trees. It's an old bus it. that was parked there at one time, yeah. and people go in and they vandalize and spray paint and cut it on fire and all that, you know. Now that I believe that you know Rebecca Smuck says that what is down on Holcombwood's Road is paranormal garbage from legends and from people going down there mm -hmm. and the fear feeding it. Yeah, that's what I say. You know, we go to these locations and so many people are expecting something that they're putting that energy in there. But who knows what they're bringing too? Yeah, they could have things attached to them. Then they're there, and then it manifests. True. And hangs out. Holcomb Woods. Yeah. Right, just like with antiques. You, you ever go to anti these antique shops? I went antiquing with a friend in Adrian, and we were walking through this antique shop, and there were sections where she would watch me literally move five feet away wow. from something. Yeah. And we were in the building towards the back, mm -hmm. and we were walking by this thing, and there were these set of keys. And they were the old skeleton-type keys, and there's just a whole bunch of them. Don't even know what they were for. There must have been 60 or 70 of them. Hmm. And we got back there, and I just immediately, before even seeing them, moved to the other side of the aisle and turned around and left. And then two other people who were there that day did the same thing. Hmm. So we asked the owner, and they said that the keys, they have problems with the keys. Okay. People don't like it back there. Huh. So I don't know what those keys are from. Yeah. But I don't like them. They give off just the nastiest. And it's such an odd thing to be haunted. Yeah. You know, a key. Why? You know. Yeah. But that key could have locked somebody in a room, or or you know had something tied to it around those lines, where the key was the key to getting out of the situation. True. You know, and if they got a hold of it and they're in an emotional state, it could have latched onto that key. Could you imagine taking that one key home with you, though? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that's crazy. I wouldn't want to do it. I don't like estate sales. I don't like 
antique shops because I never know what I'm going to find. Mm-hmm. You know, we went to a a garage sale kind of thing they set up out in front of the old uh, uh, that strip mall down in Oregon near uh, Meyer. Oh yeah. I forget what it was mm-hmm. called, but um, it's got like a pet store in it now, and there's a McDonald's out front, and. You know, they've got like a furniture store there. Well, they had a community thing there, and a woman had a lamp, and it was gorgeous. And I was drawn to this lamp. I was going to buy it for a friend, and I got within five feet of this lamp, and I and I looked at my husband and said, don't touch that. Oh. And we just kind of made a wide path around it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I have no, I don't know why. Yeah. They're just feelings, I mm-hmm. get. I think maybe, like, your spirit guides were sheltering you from that or whatever was attached to it i've been told that at any given time people have seen four angels around me and i thought that was pretty cool but i wish they would you know kick butt a little more when i'm out and getting attacked yeah exactly (laughs) all right so we've come to the end of this week's show hope you enjoyed the first half of our interview with nadine tune in next week she is going to talk about some awesome stuff I've known her story for a long time, and you will be blown away at the stuff that she has to talk about. So thank you for tuning in this week. Hope you have a great week. We will talk to you next week. But before then, please, like we always say, hit that subscribe button. Give us a five-star rating and review. It really means a lot to us. And if you get a chance, head up on our website and check out our T-shirts for sale. So anyhow, thank you for listening this week, and we will talk to you next week. Goodbye. Fire.